0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I'm your host KJ and welcome to Kala's Conversation with yours truly. As you listen to this episode, I want you to understand my views and opinions are coming from a place of love and passion for my country. My love for my country comes from understanding our failures, being prideful of our successes and developing a sense of empathy that makes me ask the question, what do I want for the future of Bermuda? This year has taught me the power of understanding one's intersectionality, and as Bermuda's election is in two weeks, inclusion and collaboration is needed now more than ever. This episode was a partnership with Media Maya, a fearless journalist who is building her identity around developing a sense of free thinking within the island. So ladies and gentlemen and thems and theys, let's take a detour and talk about Bermudian politics.
1: Uh, In terms of just even getting to know all the people that are there and who's running and what party and things like that, and being a journalist and kind of being there on my own is definitely a different vibe as well because like I don't have someone to go check this, check this, double check this and that. So even when I was there, recently before we got in this conversation, I saw that I had posted a mistake where for Mm -hmm. the freedom, the free democratic movement had 16 candidates, but they only had 15 candidates running. And Mm -hmm. initially, the way I got my numbers was I was there and I asked every member of each party. And when I asked Mark Mm -hmm. Bean, he said 16. So I put 16. And I was like, I should have waited until it was all over and everyone's things were out and I would have double checked and saw that it was 15 and not 16. But okay. yeah, I didn't wait, which is like, bad Maya. <laughs> so I was like, I should have never just took the word. Even though he's the leader of the party, it's, it's always best to see it on paper. Pretty fast-paced today. And I the last time I covered an election was actually in Halifax, and there was four of us oh, doing it. And it was for school, like, you know, but I had to speak to all the ministers still out there. And at least, you know, things were being double-tracked by your teammates, you know, things like that. Yeah. Well, like he said, it was this. I was looking up. Okay, it was that. Like you know, but
0: yeah, I was like, I was thinking
1: that like, ele- Like this is my
0: first election where I'm not in it. Like I'm just like, hands back, just watching it. And I'm just like watching everyone, just being like, holy crap, like this is a lot. Like I, like part. Like we always look at the politicians, but like we really need to step back and just be like, whoever's around an election, like you're doing God's work.
1: <laughs> like oh. It, is. it was a lot. Like I didn't know what I expected, but it was still a lot. And even now, like trying to edit this video, and I know that I don't think I want to do so much craziness because I interviewed—I don't even know how many people I interviewed. Maybe, maybe seven max, because I didn't want okay. to interview all the same regular people that everyone was going to interview, and to be quite honest with you, a lot of people just went in and went out and was gone mm-hmm. so that was, that was new too, but when the, everyone who lingered around was waiting for the free democratic movement to show up, like, that was like the big thing for the day, Like, when yeah. are these not showing up who's on the party, all of that yeah. so when they finally showed up and then Mark Bean told all the reporters that you can't talk to anybody, just me Right? So, you know, that. <laughs> that put us all in like a. It'll be nice if we could hear from your candidates. Like, you know, like these are the people that everyone's going to be voted for. I don't think we've heard from them yet. So, can we talk to some of your candidates? And he was like, that the time to speak to my candidates will be arriving shortly or something like that. And I was just, I was a little floored. I was like, okay. So all of us had to go up there in his space with one mic or the cameras, and it's just like in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> We're well, like all of us had our own stations, like you know, and obviously everyone's like now it's getting crowded in one spot. And yeah. I got my camera guy with me and myself trying to hold the mic out and get my questions up and ready, but like who's going first, who's going second type situation. And also, like, oh, I had questions for your candidate's not really for you. Like, the only one I had for you was, like, this simple, like, why are you even starting this? Like, why now? How yeah. long have you been doing this? Because that's, like, my biggest thing It's like, how did, like, how long have you been working on doing this? You only have 15 seats. You need 36, though. So, obviously, you want to, you know, do it. No they problem. have, like, a very, a very
0: well-created um, platform. Well, I wouldn't say wow created. Like they have like a wow, like their 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 online presence is is very much there. So I I, I do share those questions too. And I also I got some concerns how Isboy is not allowing anyone to speak. That's like, you know, says to what type of says what type of leadership you're looking to create.
1: That was pretty like you know, that that definitely gave, took us off our feet for a minute. I'm just like, we couldn't speak to any of your candidates. Okay
0: like i was watching and in, like in, like i was just like inter i kept on saying interesting interesting um, just like how how the how like how the party is, is being created and like how um, mark bean has performed in the past and like how he has like how he is now like i'm very interested in his approach as like why he's now starting a party but. yeah
1: yeah, a couple of people that I spoke to in private there were also just stunned, you know, but also, like, I guess this will be the natural next step um, for him, but we will see. Okay, so let's move on to these questions, because <laughs> I don't want to say too much. Okay, first one, basically, really generic, basically been talking about it already, so how do you feel about this election? I mean, you are on the outside looking in right now.
0: Yeah, so everyone if if you look at any type of snap election, like snap elections normally happen when a government has either they're overconfident or they got some ego towards them. So right now, like you could see with the progressive labor party is they have the, the overconfidence and I feel like uh, the premier is riding the wave of the success of COVID-19. But what folks need to realize is that success is coming from the fact that Bermudians as a whole came together to ensure that the curve has been flattened. So I really want folks to really look into why are we really call, calling this election and why has it been called during an, uh, a pandemic, and and really do a deep dive to try to figure out what their what is the uh, what's the end goal for here? Like you know they had a super majority. Um, you know, they didn't really have to call an election for another year. So it's very concerning that we call, that we called this election. And I do know the premier alluded to the fact of like the by-election, you know, if we're calling a spay a spay, like that, that, that seat could have stayed vacant for a little bit, a little bit of a while to ensure that folks had some time to figure out who could be put into that spot. And even like, if you look at the grand scheme of things, by-election I think they quoted around $35,000 that would have been um, to have this by-election in a billion dollar budget or two billion dollar budget I can't really fully remember the budget within um, Bermuda but $30,000 wouldn't have broke the bank in reference to the cost analysis that the that the premier alluded to so I'm just like question mark I have so much questions about why this election has been called and I really feel like it's not coming from a genuine spot
1: that was his response to them requesting another by-election and they didn't he didn't want the money to be spent on those like well we might as well just have a general election then get all your members and seats but then that still doesn't you know it still doesn't prevent it also doesn't prevent anyone from still dropping out once they get in and wanting to leave like you know there's still, there's still the chance of another by-election as soon as the general election is over.
0: Like, and, and just to be honest with you, I would have felt a little bit more confident. Is like, because like I, I wouldn't even feel, I wouldn't even say confident with it. It's just like I would just prefer the PLP went was like, you know, I want to secure another five years. Just like call a spade a spade, like like you want to have some time to develop your programs. You want to have some time to write the wrongs that have been made during your time as a as a party. I would I would have I would have been like I, I'm very much against having an election during the pandemic. But if you have to call it an election, don't put it on the fact that of the by like elections. Don't put like just put it on the fact of calling it a spade a spade. You want to you want to secure additional five more years as government like yes. it's it's no logical reasons like you so so like what four four laps, four by elections now so what's that's a hundred thousand dollars or like close to one hundred fifty thousand? okay that's a lot of money um but like you know compared to the million dollars that we're going to spend for this general election plus other things and then what people fail to realize is when you there's other costs connected to having an election. It's not just like the election. Like you know, ministers have to like minister training, onboarding uh, MLMPs, um, onboarding of, of of new permanent secretaries, on like changing the direction of the government. There's so much money that goes into shifting a uh, shifting a government, even if it's the same government coming to the like like it's the same government coming in. There's the 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 cost of what's going to happen towards it is still unknown. So having saying that the election is based on cost savings is very much just misleading um, the public, in my opinion. And people really need to take note of that.
1: Okay. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the OBA then, because I guess some people would say that the role of the opposition party is to prepare and be ready for a general election. How do you think they've done?
0: I mean, my opinion, like the role of the opposition is to hold the government accountable, and that's and that's the thing that we need to move away from. We need to move away from the fact that governments and like public policy needs to be based on election cycles. Like that, like that mindset is the what fails us a, a, as a country and a society. The role of the opposition is to to question, to engage, to understand, but also collaborate. And I feel that the One Bermuda Alliance, it I, I call it like that awkward kid in school where like, you know, they're smart, they have, they, they have the the um, the intellect to 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 do great things, but they lack the social skills needed to make friends. And and that's the one Bermuda Alliance. Like if you look at the history of the party, like the party has never had to be. An opposition. And I, I do understand that the OBA is created of other folks, but at the core, the OBA was created from members of the uh, United Bermuda party. Those individuals really have never had the full opportunity also teaching to be in opposition. So I feel that the OBA has a lot of growing pains. And what we fail to realize is like, I do see a lot of, um, I'll say rhetoric around the OBA surrounding the internal politics. Oh, yes, OBA is having some internal politics, but I feel like that is needed to really showcase what this party can be. It's trying to shake out the past and co-create its future. And I feel like we are doing a disservice to not take the time to listen to this party. And then also, I'll call a spade a spade. Like, you know, we really don't equip our politicians, whether it's um, like our governments or opposition to actually, you know, govern and learn and research and develop. If you're not a minister, like how much support do you really have to develop and research to to get a better understanding of, of the country? So I feel like that's something we should also take into consideration that hasn't been done.
1: No about that. Because even the general like conversation today as well was about how like like can anyone want to be minister I was Because like, oh yeah, that's you know, democracy, that's that's what we live in. And it's just like all you need is those two signatures of people in your constituency signing you off saying, Yeah, you could run and as long as they're registered to vote, you're good to go. And you could literally just run. And <laughs> and when it comes to that though, like people are like, Well, what are the requirements? So what requirements do we want as a people? Like, you know, I don't think we've even stipulated that. Like, exactly. yeah, like the party that is running now, the Freedom of people have like questions about like if they can lead, because most times, as we've been, most times in most constituencies and parties, they pick people who are like CEOs of this, ran that company, founded that, you know? And it's just like, is that the level? Do they need to know more?
0: Yeah, and and, and that's like a conversation... I'll call uh, like look at how much we're paying our MPs. like we also have these conversations about um, you know, oh, our MPs are getting paid too much, they're getting paid too little. but I also I look at the I look at this standpoint is you know if our, if I looked at my doctor for example, and I see that they make get say hundred thousand dollars, I'm not going to question what my um, what my doctor makes because' I'm, we're paying for a quality of service at the rate in which um, our, our 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 members of parliament make how how do we want the cream of the crop to to be our our elected officials if we're we're paying them at a rate that we're paying with them and then also we need to take into account take into note like for example if you look at canada you know an mla or an mp or senator that's their job that's their main sole job In Bermuda, it's different. Like most folks have like being an MP is their part time job, you know, so When I when I look at all these issues that I hear people talking about, like we really aren't having the real conversation about like, how are we governed? How are we like, how are we electing our officials? What requirements are we putting into there? Like these are like when I look at this um, snap election. I'm just like Hitting my head against a wall because these are the questions I keep on asking myself. It's just how can we want to move the island forward on, let's say, affordable housing if we never, if we don't have anyone who has the background in policy or in um, Development that can specialize in developing, uh, developing properties and developing um, mortgage agreements and stuff like that, that will encourage folks to um, to build something for affordable housing. Like look at the issues in which we want to solve in Bermuda and the toolbox that we have, the toolbox being those individuals running, who is in that toolbox can, that can provide that opportunity for us? And, and, I, and I feel like it's, it's, it's not there.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. Cause I, I can't even like speak to it myself. I'm not trying to get to Answer, yeah, so you supposed to be asking the questions here, but um I would say labor is trying but also it also comes down to and I hate you pe- I know people don't like talking about it, but like even when we try to implement those plans and things like that in other countries that you're talking about, even like Halifax and Canada, they have a higher tax rate than we do. Like they the country the people pay more taxes. But the taxes that they pay goes back to them, like when we complain about well, oh maternity leave is so short or um, you know, so many people are on um, financial so like all all of this it's because we have to pay so much individually for ourselves, for healthcare for education for like everything, when other countries yes, they might take what seems to look like a lot of someone's paycheck but it goes back to the community, it goes back so far where like, it is free healthcare, it is free education, you can be maternity leave for a year, like you know, so get paid it's all those things that do add up with it that we we haven't really i i personally don't think we've tried to take advantage of it or it could be that maybe where we're putting our tax money is not in the right place
0: That's like, like i like i always come at this stuff from like you know a policy wonk standpoint when you look at what bermuda has allocated their money in the past it really hasn't been allocated in a way that is um has a sense of strategic foresight so when i say strategic foresight is like a a a party oba bda oba oba ubp plp everyone has had the same mindset of four years i'm developing policies in four years when you have that short-sighted approach into developing policy within your country one, it gets expensive, and two, you you build, so like, you know, the OBA came in, did all this stuff, the PLP came in and took it away. So not only did you rush something and use up more money to to get it, we lost the opportunity to see if that actually worked. So that's a lot that's been happening with the change in politics is where you go backwards and forwards and we really haven't sat down and said, this is what we're going to do mm-hmm. and we're yep. going to try And then you also allude to the fact of, um, you know, taxation. I will call, like, you know, I, I get taxed a lot here. I complain every time I see it. However, I see the programs that are being made. And the reason why I see it is because the government lets me know, this is what I did, this is what I did. And it's not the PLP or the OBA government, it's the civil servants. So like that's also something that that we need to to showcase is that we have a huge public service that is being, um, that has the opportunity to create these cool, affordable, innovative things, but they're not having the autonomy to do that because we're so busy up here. Being like red, blue, red, blue, red, green, or all the colors that you, that you see. So, if we need, we need to. One, I really encourage folks during this election is to pause, look at what is happening in the island, um, like, and and understand our systemic past and understanding our systemic trauma, like you know. like i've spoken to the oba i've spoken to folks over there and i i've I've called the spade a spade i say until you folks apologize and recognize that your roots has connection to the trauma and systemic oppression of a lot of people in the island you would never have the opportunity to let people listen to you you have to wrap. you have to right the wrong And understand that they want to develop a communication and develop that conversation about reconciliation within the island. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I want what the PLP to recognize is, yes, I understand that like I'm not going to say that the PLP, like the PLP has done a lot for uh, black folks within the island. But we also need to recognize that in order to move Bermuda forward, we need to recognize the intersectionality that the island has. So like those are, the, those are like the issues I have with our two big parties now, where you have one party who is blatantly ignoring systemic oppression and systemic racism. And then you have one party that is using it to fuel people and not take the time to look at the whole picture and see the potential in which we have. And this backwards and forward has created this gray zone and where you have like this new party came, who, that has come into play, where frankly, it, it speaks populist vibes. It's, it goes into that way of showing of what happens when people are too busy arguing at the top and not being able to listen to the people. And you know this uh, this freedom, freedom uh, uh this uh, what what's it called again?
1: Free democratic movement.
0: Yeah. So like this new party that's created has now going to get people. Because I look at their, I look, if you look at their um, their page and you look at their content that they're that they're pulling out, to so like, it makes me feel calm. It makes me feel like I talk about peace on, on my island all the time. Like I'm out here and I constantly talk about how much I want peace for my country. So I start to move closer to this party, but then I start to look at what they want to do, and I'm like, whoa, like what, like what are you talking about, like what, oh,
1: what specifically?
0: Mainly surrounding education reform like first I feel like it's a slap in the face one because you know I'll recognize my privilege when I say this is I, I'm a product of the Bermuda Public school system however, my, my mother um, did a lot of work um, in developing curriculum assessment within within the country um, that goes this, but that's another rant um, and then my father worked at Seabridge Academy like for for, like for since Siebert started. So like both of my parents have instilled education in me and have done a lot of work into developing a phenomenal curriculum and um, really instilled in me education. So like I I recognize the potential of a good public school education system because I, I'm proof of that. Because like when I, I thought, when I came to university out here, I thought that I would be I, I wouldn't be successful because of the the rhetoric and and the, and the negativity I heard about Bermuda public school system, and then I'm sitting in my lectures and I'm talking and I'm talking and people are like, "How do you know this?" And I'm like, "I learned this in in, in middle school. What are you talking about?" And it's just like we're so busy in this echo chamber, and I blame politic ideology for this that. We, we don't realize how good of an education service that we have for our, 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 our people. And it like I did like the fact of, of including more parents within, within the education system that the Freedom Party talked about, but there needs to be a balance between um, you know, having the parents in there, but also providing more autonomy for the Department of Education to provide that centralized education system, but also allow our schools who are doing great things to share it. Like we both went to Seabridge Academy during the same time. Like the the pride that that school instilled in me is long lasting. And I and I talk about I talk to my friends at, that went to Barclay and they really didn't have that pride. Like you know, I will till this day talk about see the bridge is excellence because like i heard it for so long and i just wish brilliant
1: outstanding and excellent i exactly. said that everything I'm everything down about myself honestly i'll sit on the edge of my bed i'm just like i'm hey, brilliant outstanding and excellent and and i am
0: a bermuda breeding retriever like you know I, I constantly say that every time that i'm down and i know um so like i know why that was created because of the image that that SeaBridge had when it first created, and I see the success in which the the school has has been. Like I look at Cedar Bridge in particular as a model of like what happens when we bring community within the schools and and really build up um, a public school system. So I really wish that we were we looked at what we what are doing well and like cherish it. Like you know, like I, I know of con- t- con- tons of like educators who. Have went around the world and, uh, had, and have like influenced um, a lot of things. Like I, I, I know a, a a professor out here. She found out I was from Bermuda, and she was just like, "I want to go to Bermuda because did you know that in Ontario that a group of Bermudian teachers caused like not caused that a group of Bermudian teachers helped transform Ontario's education system to help be more inclusive for Black Canadians." That is that was that's what Bermuda is breeding, and 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 they all went to public schools, and it's just like why are we not supporting and uh, encouraging this innovation to come? And in my and in, in, in my opinion, that's like that new that new industry that can be created on the island is being in the space of social innovation and being in the space of research and development to to showcase to all Commonwealth countries that if you want to move your country forward. You need to be able to bring your people together, heal from our systemic oppression and our systemic past, and co-create and and build new ways of living. Like you know, so my rant for you to say is just like that's not what I'm seeing in this election. I'm still seeing the divisive politics. I'm still seeing folks bicker. I'm still seeing people basically not look at the island and be like, damn. Like, I am genuinely impressed of what has been created from that 21 square mile island. And Mm. I don't see the respect and the understanding of what the island has went through and what the island has been created in
1: this election. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. um, (laughs) That was a good rant, though. I didn't know about those teachers in Ontario. That sounds like an amazing story. Like,
0: Like, I was just like, thank you. And, and, and she also said, like, Caribbean countries in general, like, you know, C- Caribbean countries in Canada really know how to shake things up a little bit, <laughs> you know, like, we, we very much, um, we very much become, um, social activists in Canada. So, so that's where she was coming from, where it's just like, you know, how can we, you know, bring this activism within to the classroom and how can we teach social activism at a younger age? And it's, it's a, it's a. She's a wonderful teacher, and I can't wait to bring her to the island.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want to hear the story. I need to know more now. Like, who are these teachers? When was this in white year? Like, what happened? Uh, what was the curriculum? All of that. Wow. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. All right, let's jump back onto the action, though, because I think I only put the Zoom meeting for 40 minutes. <laughs> this is all I had. Uh... All right, so... <laughs> this third party <laughs> brought about a statement that someone said to me and it actually now it's been on my mind like all day or yesterday and they said that because it is known throughout the island OPA is a white party you know PLP is a black party and now the free democratic movement has joined in and people are placing them as another black party so Mainly because of Mark Bean's history, I suppose, with working with PLP. Um, so, someone said that, well, if another black party comes into play, won't that split the black vote? And could that mean that, consequently, the OBA wins? What do you think about that?
0: Um, one. I really wish that we could move away from like calling these parties black and white parties. But I will I will continue to say we need to move away from that. But in the, for 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 context of this here, um, I would say I was I would just said look at the demographics of the island. You know, the OBA does have its strongholds. The PLP does have its strongholds. Um, and, and I won't really say that this new party is a fully in quotations Black party because mm-hmm. there are people on both sides of the aisles who feel neglected from the PLP and feel neglected from the OBA. So mm-hmm. there is an opportunity for this party to shake, the, shake things up, which I am for, because I do believe that there needs to be diversity within the House. However, you know, as alluded, I'm very concerned with the ideology of this party, Um, but I do see that this party will definitely take some of the uh, PLP seats, but not as much PLC PLP seats as people think. I I do feel like this party will make um, the PLP a minority government, which isn't ideal. Um, because I, well, I, I mean, it's ideal, but like I, I believe in coalition governments because I believe those this people should work for, work work together and be able to um, come together and collaborate more. So I feel like that's where I lean more towards coalition governments, but a minority government will cause the PLP to develop coalitions either with this new party or the OBA, or we're gonna actually see a minority government um, with individuals, um, we see a minority government where folks actually have to work together more. So I, I'm very much hoping for uh, for a minority government. I, I am I feel very uncomfortable with a strong a strong majority, especially with the fact where you know we do have. So we do have a new party that's coming into play, and the OBA really has shown. Um, that they are still having their growing pains as a party when it comes to being in opposition. So I, I do feel that there is an opportunity for this new party to level up the playing field and move from the seats, move some of the seats from having a strong majority. Mm.
1: I just say I do think that having this new party come in has, you know, made people more aware of election and voting so in that case I'm like great because a lot of people either don't vote, don't want to vote so it's a younger generation like we're not engaged, we don't care but when it's something this big comes up as news and everyone only knows that you know OBA or PLP period but now it's OBA, PLP and FDM <laughs> and...
0: like support independent candidates I mean don't um, support the pastor but um, there are there are candidates, there are People, I look. I look at myself. If I ever decide to get into politics, mm-hmm. I know. I, I know political. I don't play well with others, so I know political parties and I really won't mix. But mm-hmm. I would. I would be a very good independent candidate um, to to voice the concerns of my constituents, but also voice the concerns of my country. And I really feel that we should encourage our independent thinkers who do not have strong political ties to put their name on the ballot and we, we as Bermuda needs to support those individuals to get them elected into the House um, because we don't always need to draw the line and, and be in political parties. I look at, like, it's, it's just like, I always make this analogy when people says like, oh, you have to vote for political parties. If you go to a restaurant and you have chicken and you have fish and you don't like either, what you're going to do, you're going to either leave the restaurant or ask for something else. You can ask for something else. It's okay to ask for something else, people. Um, and, and these are the these are the conversations that we need to have. And I hope that with this election, people start talking and start being engaged. Like I love Bermuda Twitter right now because mm-hmm. I'm overseeing the petty beef and whatever. And now I'm actually seeing people engage and talk about. Bermuda and talk about public policy and talk about the future. And I'm, I'm loving it. So from that that, that echo chamber within, within Twitter and other social media platforms, people are now connecting and, and engaging and wanting to get involved with politics. So I do feel that even in the next election, we're going to see more independent candidates. And you know what? We may even see another party created. And that's OK, too. Um, so I, I really feel like this. I, I, I'm, this is based on an assumption. I feel like the premier had an um, an idea in, in which this election is going, and I feel like the election is completely changing. And I I love it, and I think it's great, and I want people to be engaged. And I do know that you know three seats have been selected already, and I I want to hold people accountable. Like if these three MPs aren't in your constituency right now just because they know that, they're been, um, that they have their safe seat, that's concerning and people need to hold them accountable. Like, you may not be canvassing, but you need to still be listening and hearing what the people have to say.
1: hmm that's a good point, because I I know that, at least I know Jason Hayward, who did win today, um, had been out there canvassing and even talking about the whole Balco situation and the people in his um, constituency. But you're right about the other two. I mean, personally, I just haven't spoken to them uh, either, even today. But yeah, I think it is strange that they just won today. Like, you know, that just happened. Like someone, like the election is here, people. Three people have already won their seats.
0: And And that's the downside of the Westminster system that I hate. And like, I talk about it here. I talk about it with all my other friends from Commonwealth countries. It's just like we always talk about decolonizing ourselves but how about we like decolonize ourselves from our political system and then have a conversation about decolonization i am over the westminster system i'm over first past the post i i hate it it does not spark joy for me
1: okay oh man but uh, yeah i mean uh what can we what can we really say and do about it because At this point being here in Bermuda and you know, it's it is a privilege to be able to vote. And it's still on the rocky waters for me personally when I think about like and I think about how can I how can I say it? I think about people who say they don't even want to vote. Like, you know? Like even if you're still confused about or don't know, I said just get yourself registered. Make sure you're at least registered. Like get registered, like that's, that's the end point for me. Like, you don't even have to know who you're going to vote for yet. Show up on the day, you know, do what your heart tells you. Just look, search. I mean, I'm I'm personally trying to do my best to get all that information out there, especially to our younger generation, because the past in 2017 on the 25 building was not it. It was like we weren't even on the island. Um, but, yeah, and that's always the complaint, though, right? And then there are, like, um the OBA leader had said to me today there were people that they are trying to reach out to who are under thirty to um run in elections but and I, I can I can understand this point that he made that it's very difficult to get young people to want to actually run in your you know party because I'm like once you're in you're in for life. Like you know. So even if you are someone like myself or you who are, you know, into politics, one of the things trying to get there, trying to be involved and then you know you don't <laughs> who do you want to sit with like you know because you just ain't two or you could run independently right and that that probably would have been pretty awesome to see actually if, if someone under 29 actually did run independently i think they'd be making the most noise right now on the island um personally like i <laughs> like it's a scary thing to think about though it is it is a commitment you know yeah it, it
0: like for a brief moment, I looked about like like dropping everything and just being like, I'm gonna come home. <laughs> but um, I had to really, really think long and hard about it because it, it comes down also comes down to the point is like if I'm if I'm going to sacrifice so much to to want to move my country forward, what else are other gen what, what else are folks doing in my generation? that is is moving the needle forward from like a holistic approach like i i see what like the plp youth are doing i see what the OBA youth is doing but i really don't see people genuinely talking about the collective vision for bermuda and and that's also very concerning for me it's just there's no one like looking at what we're gonna do. Like I, I spoke to two two friends. Like I have one friend that's an Asian Bermudian. I have one friend that's a Portuguese Bermudian. And like they both said to me, it's just like have you I love I love Bermuda's my country. Mm-hmm. I love Bermuda. Bermuda doesn't love me. Mm. I've never seen my own self in my own country. I've never seen someone who looks like me leading my country. I've never seen someone who looks like me um, in positions of leadership. Like, uh, and to like, the Asian Bermudian, they said, I, th- I know what racism feels like because I've been discriminated against by Black people my whole life.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and these, and, when, and I keep on going back to the whole Bermuda, because there are so many folks in different types of minorities um, and majorities who feel um, they have to pick a side and if we keep on encouraging this um, identity politics and not encouraging folks to be truthful and be their authentic self, we can't move the country forward. Like it's just like we're dealing with an illness that we don't want to have a conversation about. So we could do we could do everything what you want. Like everything is connected to this big illness of this divide and conquer politics and this divide and conquer. Um, mentality, and if we don't start developing ways to develop reconciliation for all Bermudians within this island, we will continue to have this type of backwards and forwards um, hindrance of productivity for the rest of the time that is around. Like, and I, I really encourage politicians who are listening to this to think about that, is like, why would you want Bermuda to operate on 51%
1: when you can have Bermuda operating on 100 That's how I look at it as. Okay. Like, I want
0: our white Bermudians and our Black Bermudians, our Asian Bermudians, our Portuguese Bermudians to work together, because that equals 100%. If a country is operating at its full optimum potential, whew, <laughs> that gives me chills that get like me thinking about that gives me chills right now and i'm not seeing that in this election so yeah.
1: yeah, man elections
0: coming up yeah and so and there's time to change people's minds like i not a lot of folks have their their platforms out um you know folks can make commitments about what they want to because we also have the senate so I want to to see diversity in the Senate. I want to see folks who have this independent thinking in the Senate. I want to see, you know, know, I, I want an apology from the premier, to be honest with you, about like what he's doing for LGBT rights. You know, as a black gay male, I feel that it's ridiculous that someone is trying to remove my rights when literally 50 years ago, we had the same fight. Like it just blows my mind that we have a government that is in like legal disputes over human rights.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you know, and then also I want like what uh, the the comments that were made by the uh, the opposition leader about our premier's nationality. I wanted a public apology for that because still speaking to my my um our eight my Asian and um, Portuguese friends, they said. So now my my nationality is being tested based on the fact that because of um where m- one of my parents are from, just think about the, the the ramifications of that stupid 20 minute meet video head on the island and like there there needs to be conversations and apologies around that, and like it's just. I'm tired of seeing people talk about I want change or we are here to make the change or the change is here when you're still doing the same rhetoric and you're still doing the same um, approach to convince people
1: otherwise. I don't know if I ever going to get those apologies, but here's hoping. But I know, I'm not saying that I know this, but I was told this that when it came to the, um, the LGBTQ plus vote the human rights of same-sex marriage or partnership the reason that PLP may have felt that they had to fight it was because that was their majority voters at the time who wanted that and if you say that's something that you're gonna do, if you vote for us then it's something they have to do. I'm not saying it's right or wrong I'm well, not saying this right at all, but it's just it also calls to attention that we need to start voting, people. We need to start putting our own agendas there, saying, look, I'm not voting for you unless you're doing this. Are you doing it? Same way they did it to try to get write some other people away. It's the same thing that we need to start doing. And I remember saying this before in our last conversation, just like, group of friends, this is what we want. If you're not doing it, I'm not voting for you. Like, get up 50 friends of your friends, their friends, their friends, we're not voting for you unless you're doing this. 50 votes right there. Some could lose a seat over that. (laughs) Like, you know? You lose elections over that. So it's just, it's even putting that into play. And I I do feel semi disheartened that even myself personally, like, the election just came so quickly. Like, I wasn't prepared enough for it. Like, on the last day of registration, I, w- I edited my location because I moved. Like, you know, I was just like, this is fast. Like, I, I didn't even realize it was like, it's tomorrow. Like, you know, and, it's, it's, and, it, and it made me annoyed because I'm like, I wonder how many people actually got registered, you know, or the young people, the young voters. Like, it doesn't take long, but also it's just like, if you don't do it, then you can't vote. And I know most people just like, we wouldn't, like, when I turned 18, the only reason why I even thought about voting and stuff, because, I mean, it was in 2017, maybe I was 19, I think, at the time, and I was just like, well, I guess I'm going to have to get myself registered if I need to vote, if I want to vote, and, you know, and I had that, you know, just coming from school, university and you, like, this is something I got to do, you know, politics, getting just getting into it, like, the meat of it, I'm like, I'm like, I need to get registered, like, you know, that's the right thing to do, so, I mean, that's what happened with me, and then once you register, you register for life, but, you know, so... I was just like, I wonder how many other people like, what what would it take for other people who don't go away to school, who don't really care about politics, you know, what would it take for them to actually want to vote? Something has to affect you personally, I think, to make you want to vote. And you think that it would be the whole, you know, for black people at least, that we weren't allowed to vote, even for women, that we weren't allowed to vote. We had to fight for this for these things. But it, it will come to a time now where, I don't want to say that it doesn't matter, because it matters to so many people, but it's not the tipping point anymore. It's not It's not the push that it used to be when, you know, we finally got the vote. You know, now we're in a place where people are just like, I don't care, I'm not voting. Like, you know? And it's just like, dang, like in my mind, cause like it still hits me hard when I think about everyone that fought for my right to vote. And then I'm like, I have to vote. Like, you know, I like I have to vote. And then for others, it's just not that same way. So like, what can we do? To impact you to want to vote, what has to happen to you or around you for you to be like, I need to get registered. I mean,
0: like, first we need to start having these conversations. It's like we need a like, we need to on, like, there, we need organizations. We need folks whose life is dedicated to engaging and, and educating folks on the process of educa- oh, on the process of voting. Not a lot of people, in my opinion. Um, fully understand the, the machinery of government. Not everyone has a boring politics degree, you know? So like, it's it's very complex to see it. So like my ongoing thing is like, how can we make public policy sexy? How can we make government sexy as a way to entice folks to, to be involved with it? Just look at like, you have so much stuff going on in your day where you are bombarded with social media, you're bombarded with life. Now you're bombarded with COVID. And now you want to like sprinkle in some election. Like, we really don't. And then also, we only talk about elections when it's election time. Like, you know, yeah. like, like I, I think of um, Apathy is Boring, it's an organization out in Canada here. They are talking about the election and politics every single day and they make it fun they make it edgy they're talking about it to the point where everyone who's involved with empathy um, empathy apathy is boring. sorry um people get it now and they connect it with voting so like when they see something when they see apathy is voting uh, apathy is boring
1: they, Even I'm getting it, it now. Yeah, they they connect
0: it with the election and like you know it's the two and two yeah. so it's we're seeing like i i i, I say the government really needs a a chief branding officer. like They need someone to come in like what Apple does and just like make it hit, make it sexy.
1: What irritated me the most uh, for myself, actually, during the pandemic, when everyone was home, you couldn't go nowhere, couldn't do nothing. I was like, this is the perfect time to get everyone online and register to vote. And I had this thing laid out, and I sent it around, I was like, yeah, let's do this. So on this day, we're going to make everyone register to vote. But, you know, life, COVID, and I never got back to it, and then even when I was thinking about doing it, and then like they called an election. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, a month ago, a month ago, I was gonna do this thing and had it all planned out. I was like, I just need to perfect it. I need to contact the registrar's office, see if they'll be on board. You know, I could do a quick video, and I was gonna get everyone to the register that day, and I was gonna do interviews with all of the ministers that are, you know? And I was like, man, I, I missed that opportunity. I really did.
0: And then I say again, like, people really look at the the um wow. the origins and the rationale for this election
1: Not all <laughs> are your kin, folk. wow
0: uh, get out to vote people if you are registered to vote ask questions um listen to folks um and yeah like it's i look at where bermuda has come from from the day it was colonized to now and the island has such rich history and the island has such um innovation that's happened there the island has done so much for um the world um and you know it's still involved with uh, you know international trade and you know it's still one of like the pillars of foreign trade and stuff like that so when i look at bermuda i don't think on the micro level i think on the macro level and i think of like the opportunity that bermuda has to put its influence in the world as a thought leader as an innovator as a country that that is is rectifying the wrongs when it comes to systemic racism and systemic oppression, and it's uplifting all of its people. That is the potential that Bermuda has, and that's the opportunity and ambition that I want to see in
1: this election. Okay. That's a a tall order, but let's see if we can make it happen.
0: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I I say we need to all start drinking big. Like, dream big, think big. Like, I... (laughs) I've had that, I had that motto since I was a kid and it's gotten mm-hmm. me this far. And I, I'm dream big, think big. Dream big, think big.
1: It is a, it, it's something that could definitely happen in Bermuda, but again, the work needs to be done.
0: Mm-hmm. Platforms can change. Um, I, like Government mandates can change. Um, electing an independent thinking Senate needs to be a priority like we do have a new governor that's coming in you know getting like I've looked at the governor's background and like I see what she has done like she has a lot of experience and strategic foresight so really speaking with her and really getting her on board to redefine our relationship with the UK and uh, developing that as a way to launch us into the international um, international space Um, so yeah like it's doable and it's obtainable. Um, and we have a month, or not a month, we have like a few weeks to start changing um, what folks are saying. Because I, I don't really see anyone who has released a platform.
1: No um, one has released a platform yet.
0: Yeah, so this mm-hmm. is the time to create it.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna sign out for the day because I only, hopefully this is still being recorded because <laughs> I know Zoom be like that. But I do want to mention before we Clocked out. Um, not sure if I got the recording in the very first half, but today's nomination day was definitely big turnout for PLP. Very little turnout for OBA, and even small turnout for the Free Democratic Movement. Um, although most of the candidates were able for us, our journalists, to report and talk to them, the Free Democratic Movement was the only one that did not have the candidates speak to the journalists. Just the leader itself, himself, sorry, Mr. Mark Bean. But yeah, super huge turnout for BLP, and they have all the candidates ready. OBA has, uh, let me just make sure I get it right. But I'll look at it because I want to say 31, but I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> OBA has 31 and then FDM has 15. So that's it. And we already had three winners <laughs> because, hey, democracy. So <laughs> this is where we are at Bermuda. Get involved. Keep talking to them. Message each and every one of press us. Your constituency leader, message them, call them, tell them you want to speak, tell them you want to meet with them. Anything that you need for you to decide who you want to vote for, what you want to see Bermuda looking like, and you know, get your friends involved with you. Stand strong together, tell them you're not voting for them unless they do this, or not voting for them unless they do that. Like, let's put some pressure on these people so that we could get the Bermuda to be what we want it to be.
0: It's always good speaking with Media Maya. And having a deep conversation about what we want to see in Bermuda. It's important that everyone who's listening to this gets out to vote. And just remember, peace and love.